0: or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. This is episode 18.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Generation UCAN, the smarter energy nutrition that's powered by Superstarch, a slow-release complex carbohydrate that uniquely delivers steady, long-lasting energy to keep you fueled and feeling good. Visit generationucan.com.au and use the code Barrier. For 15% off your first purchase, that's generationyoucan.com.au and use the code Barrier. Generation You Can, the best choice for steady energy.
0: This podcast is also brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash BREAKINGTHEBARRIER. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com forward slash breaking the barrier. My name is Andrew Lorenzo, and I have committed myself to pushing my body and mind to their limits in my attempt to run a two hour and forty minute marathon by the year 2020. Over the course of my journey, starting in 2018, I've discovered many things about the human spirit that I want to share with all of you. It's my hope that I'll help you reach your true potential and inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. With the help of an amazing community of listeners and speakers, we can all push ourselves harder than we ever have in hopes of breaking the barrier. Hi everyone and welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast where I hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. My name is Andrew Lorenzo. Thank you so much for listening. I just want to remind everybody that for all things Breaking the Barrier, you can check out the website breakingthebarrierrunning.com and you're going to find show notes, articles on relevant material. You'll also see links to the social media sites like Instagram and Facebook. You'll also see a request to join link for the Facebook community group. Of course, the Facebook community group is an area where you can talk to other members of the Breaking the Barrier community, share a little bit about the journey that you're on, whether it be fitness, career, or personal or anything else. You can talk about some of your accomplishments. You can even ask questions about bumps in the road that you have hit. So it's a really great community. We're up at about 160 or so members at the moment. So I'm really looking to grow that because I just, I want to hear as many people's stories as I can. Also, just want to remind you to make sure, speaking of stories, to send your reasons why you're on the journeys that you're on so that I can incorporate that into the special episode Canberra Marathon recap. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So that's coming out in April. So there's still plenty of time. I'm hoping to get everybody's answers by, I'd say the start of April, maybe even the first end of the first week in April, something like that. I've already gotten a lot of feedback and a lot of great, great reasons why and some awesome stories. So today I'm going to be interviewing Henry Howard. He's an amazing guy. I met him through the Marathon Training Academy, which is of course a podcast that I follow and a community that I'm part of. They're an amazing bunch of people. And Henry and I met because he was actually doing an article on my journey, my breaking the barrier journey. And through that, of course, I started talking to him and he's just got a lot of awesome stuff to say. He's somebody who got into running a little bit later in life, but has achieved a lot. So we'll be talking to him and getting some amazing stories from him and a little bit of knowledge about his journey and and how he overcomes some of his obstacles. But before that, I want to, of course, as always, give a shout out to some of the amazing members that we have in the Breaking the Barrier community and how they are going above and beyond. So we've got, firstly, we've got Lou, my dad, Lou. He's actually on a journey himself to get a little bit more healthy. So he reached out to me. I mean, you know, him and I talk regularly. He is my dad after all. But speaking about his journey, he reached out and he said, I lost 10 pounds in 10 days with little or no sugar and I'm feeling great. I feel better than ever. Awesome dad. That's amazing. To me, that's really cool because my dad's always been one of those guys who he's not ever been sort of, you know, really unhealthy or anything. But, you know, like a lot of us, he enjoys food and he enjoys, you know, relaxing a little bit. And he was never anybody who... Really worried about necessarily his diet and fitness, I mean he keeps in shape because he works really hard he he works daily, he gets up at like four o'clock in the morning he he works at a job that he's he's hands on a lot he owns he owns a gas station a petrol station, and he's really hands on so he he moves a lot he probably takes like twenty thousand steps a day or something, but he never specifically worked on his you know, nutrition and fitness, but he's been dialing it down. And to me, it's really amazing to see somebody like that, you know, later in life, getting healthy and, and reaping the benefits of it. So congratulations, dad. I think that that's really awesome. I can't wait to see how far you go. And, and, and I can't wait to see you achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Chris wrote in the Facebook community group, Yesterday was one of those days where I woke up with my legs sore and not in the best headspace. I figured I needed a rest day. But as I was making the first coffee of the day, my training schedule caught my eye. I really, really wanted to have a day off. But as the day went on, the stiffness in the leg dissipated, and when I finally hit the track, one of the best runs in weeks, not fast and not pretty, But it felt really, really good. Moral of the story, if in doubt, leave it for a few hours and it generally comes right. Keep calm and run. That's awesome, Chris. I'm so happy to hear that. There are so many times where I know a lot of us will wake up and say not. I just, I'm not feeling it today. And yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Sometimes it's good to just have a day off. But sometimes you find it within yourself to actually keep going and and you break through a barrier that you might have otherwise not have broken through. No, maybe it wasn't your fastest run. Maybe it wasn't the best run, but it might have felt really good and it doesn't have to be fast. It doesn't have to be pretty, but knowing that you got out there and you did that. I always say that if you're not feeling a workout, but you're scheduled to do it, Give yourself 10 minutes into the workout. If you're not feeling it after 10, 15 minutes, okay, just stop. But generally, if you take those first 10 minutes, you'll get into it and you'll complete it and you'll feel great about it. I also want to give a shout out to Bodhi. Now, Bodhi had a shout out last week, but I got it wrong. For some reason, I had it in my head that he ran a 355 kilometer, but I was mistaken. I happen to be looking back. At Bodhi's Instagram the other day, you know, because he had obviously tagged Breaking the Barrier, and he actually ran a 335 kilometer, which is crazy fast. I mean, my goal marathon for that 240 marathon is a 345 kilometer. So he ran a 335 kilometer, which translates to about like a 545 mile or something like that. So he ran, he was running at a sub six mile pace. So that's really awesome. So Bodie, my apologies for getting it wrong last week, and congratulations on that amazing, amazing kilometer pace. So now I'd like to get into the conversation that I had with Henry Howard. So Henry is a great example of a success story. He's come from a place where he never really felt the desire to run. He went through high school and college not really realizing his full potential in 2011, he decided that he would take up running. It wasn't pretty, and it was a a run that many of us can relate to. It was forced, struggled, and challenging, but he knew he wanted to continue to make himself better, and within six months, he was running his first half marathon. Now, eight years later, He has many achievements under his belt. He's qualified for the Boston Marathon, which is no easy feat. He's run ultra marathons, and he's even placed on the podium in his age group multiple times. So it wasn't an easy road, as he's dealt with injuries and setbacks, but he always pushed forward. Now, I had a really great time interviewing Henry. There were a couple moments where in the Skype call the connection kind of went haywire because you know we were speaking at opposite ends of the earth so I think we did pretty well and for whatever reason my mic was playing up so it's going to be one of the first times where I think the quality of Henry's voice is actually better than mine but that's okay because basically he's the important one what he is saying is what I want you to pay attention to so I really hope that you enjoy my conversation with Henry Howard So I'm here with Henry Howard, who has agreed to spend his, I think, Wednesday night with me for a little bit. Of course, it's Thursday here. So thanks, Henry, for being with me. Real pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries. So basically, I'd like to start out. Obviously, you and I met through the Marathon Training Academy, and the way that we met is I think what you do for a living so I'll start off by asking you what you do for a living.
1: So I work for the American Legion which is the uh, America's largest veteran service organization in our media and communications department. So that means a lot of writing, a lot of editing and that kind of thing all all things communications from magazine to website to social media to a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, so you're your journalist for them sort of thing?
1: Exactly. And so that's, I've carried that into my running side of my life um, with my own website, which I know we'll, we'll talk about later. And I also do um, regular posts for Marathon Training Academy. And like you said, that's how we first connected.
0: How did you hook up with Marathon Training Academy?
1: I've been running since 2011 and I had been self-coached for the first three years. And I realized in 2014 that that may not have been the best scenario for me because I was dealing um, with something you're currently familiar with, uh, an IT injury. Yes, sir. And uh, (laughs) I I know I needed professional help, so I reached out to Angie and um, asked her about coaching, and we had a nice chat and hit it off, and um, she coached me for most of the next 3 to 4 years um and as part of uh, that relationship we um I, you know I offered to do blogs for them from time to time and, and that's been uh, a great way for me to kind of combine both my worlds
0: yeah yeah so in in terms of that uh IT band injury like what was some some of the things that helped you get back on on track with with Angie and the coaching and and what was the sort of go to plan for that one cuz that's a
1: tough tricky road It is. um, You know, the best thing was rest at the time. Um, I just need to let it heal itself. And, you know, it's the whole rice method, the rest, ice, uh, compression and elevation. Um, And between the rest and the ice, it healed itself um, pretty quickly where I had to DNS one race. She got me to Angie, got me to a marathon that was probably about four to six weeks away. Um, and I finished that and it was a very hilly marathon too. So she did a great job, you know, early on in getting me from where, you know, I, I literally couldn't run to finishing a marathon in a very short amount of time. Now I had trained obviously before that, but I finished that marathon without any aggravation of the injury. So she, um, she definitely helped me through that one.
0: That's awesome. And and a hilly, hilly marathon at that, you know, hills are just not fun for the for the it whether you're going up or down them so that's really awesome
1: exactly
0: what was your what was your finishing time for that one if you remember
1: um i don't remember it was at the time it was my slowest it was roughly four and a half hours and i I had been right around the four hour mark pretty consistently before that
0: okay so for for those of for those of the audience who are not necessarily runners when you said I want to circle back to when you were talking about how you DNS so obviously I know you know what that means but uh, can you explain that to the people who aren't aren't runners so the difference between DNS and DNS.
1: sure so um, this was a Saturday morning race uh, yeah. trail race I think it was a half marathon and I went to pack up pickup the uh, day before got my bib got my shirt even though I knew that um, I was dealing with some discomfort and pain, yeah. and I decided uh, in my head that I would go ahead and try to um, to run it. And I woke up in the morning. Actually, I woke up kind of in the middle of the night, and I, even before I got out of bed, I could feel it. And I'm like, all right, this is just not going to happen. This is a bad sign, and I've been resting you know, for a day or two. Uh, before the race and i hear i've been lying in bed for several hours and it's you know not right so running is definitely not going to help that so i decided to um dns or did not start so i didn't even bother to go to the race wow. uh, and like you mentioned that dnf is it did not finish so that's if you start a race but for one reason or another are unable to complete the uh, the finish whether it's uh 26.2 miles or 5k or whatever it is
0: yeah and wow so you actually really cut it down to the wire so last second you were gonna you were gonna race but just really last second decided not to what did that what does that do to because i know for me when i go out for a run if i can't complete it or if i'm not feeling like i can even start it it, it it frustrates me. It kind of demotivates me, but I, I, I knock on wood, haven't gotten to a race where I've needed to do that. I'm sure with, with anything, if you race long enough and, and hard enough, mathematically, you'll get to a race where you can't start. So what does that do to your psyche? The, in terms of motivation for running and, and your own personal self.
1: At, at first it was definitely a disappointment. It was, you know, I paid, you know, with the entry fee, whatever that was, um, and I had trained a while for it, and it was also a bridge to that marathon that I mentioned. So it was definitely disappointing that I was unable to do it. And it was also then the the worries about, well, can I actually get to the next race? Because that was only, you know, eight weeks away or whatever at that point. But what I, you know, I rested that day, that Saturday, and then I went on a short run uh, three miles with my son the next morning. And the IT band hurt every single step of the way. So I was like, okay, I made the right call because 13 miles on this would have set me back pretty far. So I took it as a lesson learned and knew that I made the right call to not go to that race and also look back at my training and what caused the injury to begin with. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's when I knew that I had pushed it too hard, too many days in a row of, of going hard. So I I took it as, um, you know, a real lesson learned and something that I tried to, um, you know, keep not in the back of my mind, but actually in the front of my mind as I, you know, continue to train and race just to be sure that, you know, I'm pushing it, but I'm not pushing up to the point of an injury.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I guess that's the that's the that's the best case scenario on that one. That's the positive. I mean, it'd be so easy to fall into like just self-pity and, and frustration but the fact that you've learned so much from it and it really forced you to take a look at what you were doing and how to move forward i think that that's 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 the best case scenario so that's a, that's a good lesson for everybody to take from it things are going to happen things are going to come up but if you can use those things that come up to figure out where you're going to go and, and work on a little bit what you've done so far i think more power to you that's awesome
1: Absolutely. And that's, you know, something that I think we have to take the the long view and one race in August, you know, five years ago, doesn't matter right now. And, you know, a lot of runners want to be running in their, you know, later stages in life, whether that's 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, whatever that, that may be. And so being able to have that that context and perspective that you know one one day when you're not going to run and then uh, run a race and then healing yourself so that you can come back healthy and and have that um that long view that i'm going to be doing this for a long time and get a lot of enjoyment out of the longevity rather than just one random race
0: yeah absolutely I think that that's that's great. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. What happened five years ago doesn't necessarily have to matter today It's like you know if you're if you're you're on a journey if you're on a fitness journey or something and you miss a workout doesn't matter I mean try you know just pick yourself up because one missed workout out of dozens or however many is is not going to matter in the long run as long as you don't string together a bunch of missed (laughs) workouts because of silly decisions or or not taking a look at you know what needs to change exactly so you've come a long way really since then as well, I guess since you started running i mean you've you've done some amazing things. you qualified for Boston from what I understand, you weren't necessarily a runner, and even your first runs they weren't you know they were they were they were first runs everybody has those first runs where you make it a mile or two miles, and you just kind of hate it, but you continue off anyway because there's something about running that just is so <laughs> addicting right right. So from, from the starting point, from say your first run to, to now, you mean, you've, you've finished on the podium, you've run ultra marathons, you've qualified for Boston. How, how did that sort of change come about? I mean, obviously with the, uh, the coaching and everything from the marathon training Academy and Angie, which would have really propelled you, but what, what were the steps sort of that you took and why do you think that you were able to make such a, a big change from beginner newbie runner to serious athlete amazing runner
1: well thank you for that I, I appreciate that um the you know i i started out um with the goal it was literally a bucket list goal that i had written down on a piece of paper among other things to finish a marathon after i had after my kids had gotten to the point where they were old enough to kind of fend for themselves and I had more free time, I decided if I'm ever going to run this marathon, I I better start actually running. And so I went ahead and I you know bought my running shoes and one spring day headed out um, down the street and did this it's about a one and a half mile loop. And stopped three times and puked in the driveway when I got home and thought I was going to die. So not the best start, but, you know, I had that I had that dream. I had that wish to, you know, get to the finish line at a marathon. And so then so what I did was I I really figured that I probably gotten more out of shape than I thought I had. And so, at about the same time, one of my friends from college on Facebook started po- posting every night, "We work out number twenty seven done we work out number twenty eight done and so I asked him what that was, and he goes, "Oh, it's just this you know thing on the Wii and it you do exercises and it you know works on your cardiovascular and that kind of thing, and it you know you can kind of go at your own pace and i thought huh that that actually sounds like a really good idea so I started that and went through i think it was like a six week program and just I I thought that if I was able to you know build up my conditioning a little bit then I might be able to have a better experience running and so I did that for six weeks then put the running shoes back on did that same loop and didn't stop and when I got back I was actually like okay I think I think this can happen now and so I um, you know, proceeded to continue running and, you know, <clears throat> I, I got faster and I did a uh, 5K about six weeks after that, I think it was. Um, finished and felt good. Uh, that fall, I did a half marathon yep. and yep. Um, didn't quite get the time I wanted, um, but it, it was definitely a positive experience. And so I set my goal for, uh, uh, the following fall to run that marathon and I was able to do that. And, you know, then I was like, okay, well, what else is next? Cause you know, now I can cross that off the bucket list, but now that I've been running for a year and a half, what else is there? And I didn't quite complete my time goal. So my next, um, you know, goal was to, to, break 4 hours and that was what I wanted to do which I didn't do in my next race but I think I beat 4 hours in my third marathon and so I just I just kept moving um, moving the goal line you know I I passed that goal and then I said okay you know I want to do this I want to do this and I just kept moving um, the goal line so that I would always have goals that I've been shooting for so you know eventually Uh, you know, through Angie's help, I was able to get uh, a Boston qualifier. Um, Didn't get into the race the first time uh, that I qualified, but uh, last year when I qualified for the second time, the time was good enough to uh, get me in. So uh, this April, I'll be towing the line at Boston.
0: Nice. So yeah, the Boston qualifying times, they're kind of, um, they, they, they pull a fast one. I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is, but you can qualify for Boston. But if you get a Boston qualifying time, it's not really qualifying for Boston because you have to reach the time with X amount of time as a cushion, don't you?
1: Right. So um, they only have so many spots Mm -hmm. and they have elite athletes and they have um, those who raise money for charity. And then they um, do it in such a way that if you beat your qualifying time by your age group um i think it starts out at 20 minutes yep. then you're in and then they kind of winnow it down from there and so recently you've had to beat your goal or your qualifying time by this last year was over five minutes so like you said it's not enough just to beat it you've got to be among the fastest of, of the really fast ones in your age group to to meet that time yeah
0: yeah right so Take a listen, everybody, trying to qualify for Boston. So so far obviously Henry Howard is just an amazing guy he's a wealth of information such an awesome story so before we get into the second part of the interview I just want to take a couple of seconds and thank this episode sponsor Generation You Can now of course speaking about the Boston Marathon as you know part of my journey my breaking the barrier journey is heading toward a Boston qualifying time now with that training comes a lot of long runs a lot of endurance work. And I couldn't complete those runs without the help of Generation UCAN. So they're a great company. They have clean and natural products anywhere from snack bars to their protein-enriched powder to their electrolyte drinks and everything in between. I use personally their snack bars on my long run, so I love the chocolate peanut butter flavor. And I'll have about half of those bars maybe anywhere from 10 to 15 miles into my run, so anywhere from about an hour and 20 to an hour and 45 minutes into my run, I'll have half a bar, and it'll sustain me really, really well. Before my long runs, about an hour before my long runs, I'll have the protein-enriched powder, and I'll mix that with some chia seeds and some water, and I'll just eat it like a gel, like a pudding, and it just, it gives me the energy that I need to make sure that I can go as strong as I can on my runs. So if you want to try to get in on the action, you can visit generationyoucan.com.au and use the code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER for 15% off your first purchase. BREAKING THE BARRIER is one word. And I really highly recommend their sample pack. They have a great sample pack that can just get you going and you can see what works for you. And again, if you're interested and more information, just reach out to me and I'll tell you a little bit more about the product and how it helps me. So again, that's generationyoucan.com.au and use the code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER for 15% off your first purchase. So now let's get into the second part of my interview with Henry Howard. So I, I just want to uh, go back crossing the finish line of your first marathon. What was that? What was that like?
1: You know, it was a really special feeling. It was the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Monumental, which is an hour from my house. And it's a very flat course. Mm-hmm. So it was a good first marathon to do. And it was a it was a it was in the fall um, here. So it was a cool day so it was definitely, uh, it wasn't challenging because of the winter conditions or fall conditions, but it was, uh, a long time to be out there in in the, in the cold for the first time, but being able to, you know, have the crowd, there's really excellent crowd support, um, at that race and in several spots. So being able to run the last couple of, Uh, streets there's a couple turns toward the end and just have wall-to-wall people cheering for everybody and being able to see that finish line that was that was a special moment and then realizing that you know that piece of paper on my dresser I would now be able to cross off finish a marathon was was really an incredible feeling
0: yeah that's that's the best part I think of of the race is the The atmosphere of it obviously that mixed with actually completing it's like something like a marathon I mean for me personally I'll I'll never forget that first time uh, crossing that finish line it's just extraordinary now going back I want to circle back you said something that I, I thought was was interesting you called it moving your goal line I think I have an idea of what that means I mean you sort of explained it a little bit but what really what what is moving your goal line mean for you and how how does that benefit you in terms of what you're wanting to do
1: i'm very goal oriented and i think that works well with running in that i'm not necessarily going to be motivated by just getting up every day and putting on my gear and going out for four miles five miles six miles whatever it is You know, I need something on that calendar that I'm shooting for something that um, in some cases, something that scares me. And I want, you know, something on that calendar that I'm aiming for that that's going to help me stick to my training program. That's going to help me go out and, you know, stick to the plan for that day, whether it's, you know, intervals and going hard or if it's just taking it, you know, an easy run. Yeah. Making those e- easy days easy. Um, yesterday I had um, six easy miles and, you know, it, I was on the treadmill and, you know, I get to mile three and it's like, how much longer am I going to have to be on, on, on this thing? And <laughs> y- you kind of think about, you know, these miles that I'm putting now, they won't help me get through my life today. They won't help me tomorrow. But these plus what I do tomorrow exercise wise, plus what I do the next day, plus all these other days, that's building toward, you know, my goal races and what I want to accomplish and being able to, you know, again, it's taking that long view and seeing, you know, how all these pieces will fit together, Um, you know, because that that last half on the treadmill that sometimes that sucks and it's the longest half hour um, that you'll experience, but being able to understand that that's the work you put in and then you get the payoff sometime later.
0: Yeah. There's something funny about the treadmill. You can be like, for me personally, I, I can be running on the treadmill at a slower pace than when I run outside, but damn, it's hard. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that there's something to that. I mean, with all the really successful people that I've talked to, you're in really good company because it's, it's all about stringing those little things that you're doing or the you know or the big things that you're doing but stringing them enough of them together into a bigger picture that really really gets you gets you to where you want to go so it's not necessarily what you're doing that moment but you string that moment with another moment and then more moments after that and that's what that's what's going to get you to where you got to go exactly now Again, circling back to finishing marathons, so obviously you've had some podium finishes in, in your age group and in, in some of the races and everything. Compared to finishing a race, as opposed to finishing a race knowing that you're a podium finisher, what's that like for Henry? What's that like to finish a race on the podium?
1: I mean, it it is really special. It, it's not something that, you know, when I cross the line I necessarily know. Yeah. But and I don't go into the race, you know, thinking, Oh, I've got a shot at the podium. I I don't know who else is there. Um, and I, I want to, you know, my opponent in the race is me and it's depending on the race. It's, you know, uh, trying to set a PR or maybe setting a new distance or, you know, whatever my, you know, maybe it's a time, whatever my personal goal for that race is, I'm not going to worry about anybody else in that field because I can't control what they do. I can control what I can do. And, you know, if I'm fortunate enough to land on the podium, awesome. If I'm fortunate enough to PR, awesome. So, you know, at the same time though, you you get to the end of that race and, you know, you're, you've got several people around you. And certainly that, at least for me, the, the competition kicks in and, you know, there was one race I remember in Colorado where it was a half mile around a park um, or a half marathon around a park. And I had been, you know, going out and uh, running strong throughout the race. And we had made 11-ish, I want to say. And as I turned, I could see I think there were three guys who were all kind of together and were a lot closer than i remembered them being and uh i thought okay i really want to hold these guys off because i didn't you know stay an extra day on this work trip to um you know to get beat at the end and and about mile 12 one of them pulled ahead of me you know i didn't know how old he was i didn't you know know i I didn't even know if they were going to give out age group awards honestly But I was like, okay, when we make our uh, second to last turn is when I'm going to go all out and, you know, try to uh, surge ahead of this guy. And so made that turn and I could feel the other two like right on my hip almost at that point. So we were all kind of bunched up. I had um, I was behind the first guy by maybe 10-12 yards at this point and I just hit the gas and flew by him and finished strong at the end and I ended up um one of the three had finished right behind me I don't know which one it was and I ended up um beating him he was in my age group and I beat him by a few seconds for third place so you know that was um that was kind of a special finish because we were all going really hard at the end. And I was able to, you know, um, you know, fortunately pass, you know, pass the line be- before he did.
0: That's awesome. I love that. That's like, it's like a true race. I mean, as much as, and I, I'm in 100% agreement with you that, that your your only opponent is, your, is yourself and, and you can only do what you can do. You can't control anything else. But it's those moments sometimes when you're you find yourself actually racing someone. <laughs> it's like that competitive edge just comes out and it's like, you know sure. what? As much as I'm doing this for me, I wanna race this guy and I wanna see I wanna see what I'm made of. Uh and it's for me it's like a guilty pleasure when I when I pass somebody that <laughs> that passed me earlier on.
1: It also gets back into what we were talking about earlier, the daily training. Yeah. So, you know, where did that two seconds come from? Was that because I did 98% of the workouts that were prescribed and, you know, maybe he did 90, you know, is it because I committed to core work? Um, Is it because I had, you know, done more hill repeats? You know, there was, there was something there that paid off at the end. And yeah. so, you know, that also, yeah. also drives me that, yeah, you know, this, this treadmill workout is going to suck or, oh, man, it's it's late. I'd rather, you know, uh, land the couch than do a core workout. But, you know, knowing that what you put into it, you'll get out of it race time, you know, is a motivator for, um, you know, for me to be able to have that performance that, you know, I can be really proud of at the end. And that comes through all the training.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. And and that that's just a great, I mean, it's a great lesson, really. It's just, you know, there's always somebody who's working either as much as, as we are or harder. And to give ourselves the best possible chance to succeed, we just want to make sure that we, we commit as much as we can. Sometimes it's 100 percent, sometimes it's less than 100 percent. But if we can honestly get there and say, yeah, I gave it what I could give it, then you're going to see the benefits. That's that's, that's a real good payoff. Absolutely. So how do you now, obviously, with with all these things that you're doing and, and you, you constantly have future goals, how do you maintain that mindset that you want to do your best and continue to work towards your goals? I mean, are there like are there days where you get up and you look at the calendar and you see something on there and you're like, I just don't feel like going for it today? Like, how do you how do you maintain your enthusiasm for what you're doing
1: I, I think it's also in the, the training calendar or the the racing calendar where I don't want to create something where I'm putting too many things on the calendar I'd rather fo- focus on fewer bigger picture things mm-hmm. you know if I had if I had a big goal race every month I think that would you know lead to mental strain and burnout. Yeah. Um I just race it all in January. I don't have anything in February. I have one um it's more of a fun race in March and then things serious. So you know, I'm and I've got um you know two big goal races in the first half of this year and so that's kinda of where I'm at where, you know, six months is a long time, especially When you're doing daily or near daily training. So that's why I like to do it that way where I'm not, you know, gearing up for a race and then I come back down and I gear myself up for another race. It's just better for me to pick out, you know, a few big goal races throughout the year and dedicate myself to those. And if people want to do, you know, I got, I which too and we can talk about that too. But one of my clients right now has a she has a marathon goal um in June, but she has another goal of running a half marathon every month of the year, which is great, which yeah, well. we can work on that. And you know, yeah. for her it's she loves running, she's really new to running and she just wants to do as much of it as she can and have fun at races and collect the bling and all that. And that's awesome. That's great that she's found this. Um and that's what drives her. That's what drives her to do the training. She doesn't care so much about the time. She just wants to be able to do um, have fun and, you know, check that go off her list. So that's that's great. If that's what gets her um doing her training. And, um, you know, and focusing on, you know, I I need to, you know, get myself ready where, you know, I can um, recover and then do my half marathon in, in February and repeat for March and that kind of thing.
0: Um, so sorry, it cut out for a few seconds again, <laughs> but I, I got most of that. I got most of that. But there was something that you said. And then the, what I heard after that was we can maybe talk about
1: that later. Uh, well, that was the woman I was describing was one of my coaching clients. So, um, you know, we can circle back to that when when you like.
0: Yeah, cool. So that's, we can talk about it now. So that's, that's through, is that through, uh, run spirited? Is that what that is?
1: Yeah. So run spirited is, um, my website that I started a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. And this past fall, I was uh, certified as a coach from Road Runners Club of America okay. and I've been working before I was certified, I was working with um, several of my friends who were runners who had all different goals. And I started on that route because I really felt like I've learned a lot from Marathon Training Academy, Angie specifically, and just as I've experienced highs and lows and you know, advanced from, um, you know, being a, a non-runner to, um, to the things I've been able to to do as a runner. And so I've, I wanted to, you know, be able to give back and, and help others who are looking, you know, for whatever goal that may be, whether it's a run their first marathon or a 5k PR or a half marathon every month, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, being able to see my athletes meet their goals is even better than when I meet one of my goals. It's been,
0: yeah, wow.
1: it's been great to see, you know, each of them last year, um, you know, set PRs and I was incredibly happy to see that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's like seriously paying it forward. Nice, nice work. So, I mean, where, and I'll probably talk a little bit more about this, uh, afterward as well. And obviously I'll put some information about it on the show notes, but where, where can people go to learn a little bit more about run spirited and, 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 your coaching?
1: Sure. So, um, run spirited is, um, just like it sounds. So, Run um, uh, Twitter handle and Instagram handle for that. Um, oh, it. The run- <laughs> it cut out
0: again. <laughs> say that all, say that all again. All right. <laughs> <Sorry.
1: laughs> so so on Twitter it's it's uh, the account is at uh, run spirited. Yep. On Instagram it's the same thing except there's an underscore between run and spirited. Um and there's also a Facebook page, Run Spirited. So I was able to kind of brand those together. Um and so uh in both the Twitter and the Instagram are fairly new, so there's not a ton of followers there yet. Um, I also post on my own personal accounts, and so having a unusual name is good because I um, am at Henry Howard on both uh, Instagram and Twitter, and people can certainly follow me there, friend me on Facebook. i um, more than happy to um, you know, share my running journey, journey, share stories of other inspirational runners, and if people are, you know, interested in in coaching, um, I'd be happy to have a conversation. And you know, if it feels right for the runner and feels right for me, then then we can um, see where it goes.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, I'll have all that. Yeah, I'll have all that in the show notes, and I'll I'll put it up on Facebook and and all that good stuff as well, so that we can get you get you some more followers and people to learn about your journey and what it is that you're all about. So uh, now just circling back a little bit, where obviously, actually that works out really well. As a coach, you you'd probably have some good insight on this as well. Where do you see that, not that failure is a bad thing, but where do you see that most people fail in terms of setting their goals and, and their journeys toward achieving them?
1: I think it can be you know, several different ways. Um, I think one is people may not have realistic expectations. I know that I've been in the same boat as well, too, where I had wanted to qualify for Boston, and, you know, my original timeline with that wasn't realistic. I really... Uh, I I improved my marathon times early on but not to the degree that I thought and so you know what I did was I tried to run more and one thing I learned from Angie is this thing called yoga and I had never done yoga before and I thought well that you know I wasn't sure what to think when she put it on my first um, training plan but as I did it and core work was added in there as well too, which I had done a little bit, but not uh, much, uh, but, you know, in the days um, before Angie, but that yoga really, really helped out quite a bit, and so I think that it's, you know, maybe, maybe wanting to have this great goal, um, but not seeing that path to get there, and that's You know, that's why I think a a coach is really important. I've learned a lot from Angie. I know others have succeeded from personalized coaching as well, too. Um, Anyone can download a training plan and follow it. But having a coach who understands you and can see, you know, why or what the athlete needs to do in order to meet his or her goal and understanding how that goal translates to their experience their you know their fitness level all these kind of things and be able to um you know help the athlete get there Because that's where i you know to answer your question that's having the goal match the the path to get you there i mm-hmm. think is is one uh one big thing that um leads to um the f word that you mentioned
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's 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 another one of those things where it's it's yes, the destination is going to be amazing, but you really have to pay attention to the journey. Um, and and in, in my personal case, in terms of coaching, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, my first marathon, I followed like an eight week program on an app. And whilst it was good because it was my first time really getting into running, there was no obviously personalization or anything. And now with my coach, Steve from, from MTA Marathon Training Academy, you know, the first thing that he said when, when I was talking about my IT band Niggles was just to, you know, he gave me advice. He told me like, calm down, we're going to take it back for a little bit. And had I not had him, I probably just would have kept going. And because, you know, I have that, type a personality where i just gotta i just gotta go for it go for it go for it and anything less is you know uncivilized so um so without yeah without having that extra help it it could be easy to destroy any chance of reaching the destination so that was one part of the journey that i had to really pay attention to now this you might have you might have actually already answered this but i'm going to ask it anyway just in case Um, So if you could give one piece of advice to people trying to be their best selves, what would that be?
1: That's a good question. I, 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 you know, I think it's don't sweat the small stuff. Okay. Um, You know, we are training for half marathons, marathons, ultras. If you, um, you know, have that day where, you need to take an extra rest day or you had a crappy run or, you know, it started raining and you said, I'm not doing my 10 miles. I'm, I don't want to run in the rain today. I'm going to cut it short and come back tomorrow. Or you have, you know, you got with friends and you uh, are excited and you have a little bit too much to eat or a little bit too much to drink. You know, that we're humans and, you know, if you have a 12 or 16 week training plan for your goal race and you have, you know, run into one of these scenarios, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't beat yourself up the next day. Don't run twice as many miles to make up for whatever you did the day before, Um, you know, in the grand scheme of things that one day out of 12, 14, 16, 18 weeks not going to matter, you know, just refocus, get back into it, embrace the new day and, you know, figure out what it is on that training plan that you have for that day and go do it and you'll be better off for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. That's uh that is a good message to give. I think too many of us beat ourselves up for those, those moments of, of weakness or those moments of tiredness or frustration uh, and then that can really turn into something really negative. I mean, it's easy, say, for, from a from a diet a nutrition perspective, personally, you know, you're you you you're on this path to a good nutrition, and then all of a sudden one day you eat something that you shouldn't eat, and then you, it's easy to turn that into, well, I've just ruined the day, so I might as well ruin the rest of the day and eat junk. Oh, well, I might as well ruin the rest of the week and just screw it, and then you're back to square one, whereas if you just – if you have that moment, that mistake, and you screw up, it's all good. Just get right back on track and and keep moving forward because it's not going to matter. You know, in in a, in a couple months, in a couple weeks, even it's just not going to matter. You just move on and
1: get go go forward. Right, exactly. Would that
0: would you would you give yourself the same advice? So if you were like talking to yourself from say ten years ago, what what piece of advice would you give yourself? Would it be that, or would it be something else?
1: Well, 10 years ago, I was not a runner, so I would probably tell myself to um, buy those running shoes and, and get moving. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I think, and, you know, that's probably part of what drives me now is that I didn't start until I was in my early 40s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being able to enjoy running, enjoy it for a long time, and be able to do epic things um you know there's certainly i have less of a timeline than you know somebody in their 20s or 30s has now so it's you know that's part of the motivation as well too is you know and that's you know i can kind of keep that focus along with like i said earlier the you know having fewer but maybe bigger goals um, on the calendar each year
0: all right so what's what's next for you what what do you What's your next big, uh, big, big goal?
1: Well, this year has a collection of big goals. Um, Boston is the first that we talked about. That'll be my first Boston in April. And the next one after that is my first 100K, which was I had to defer from last year. I was training up last year to do my first 100K when four days before the race, I had emergency abdominal surgery, and so I texted the race director from my hospital bed and said, "Um, hey, this is what's going on. Can I um, get a deferral until next year, into 2019? And she said, absolutely. And so in May, uh, roughly four weeks after Boston, I will be running the Ultra Race of Champions here in Virginia. And that'll be my first 100K. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. And I really appreciate the race director who uh, allowed me to, um, you know, really on the eve of her race, uh, four days before a race is, you know, uh, a lot of things are going on for a race director. And she was able to defer that um, without even thinking twice about it. So I'm really looking forward to going back and, and finishing that race this year.
0: It it amazes me how much goes into a race and just how much these, the volunteers and the people that set it up, how much they do. and, And the fact that, that, you know, she was able to, to, to cater for you. That's, that's really awesome. I mean, they really do go above and beyond, don't they?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's, um, there's great races that are both road races and trail races. Um, and they're both you know, outstanding communities and you, you, know, that's something that, you know, I've had the opportunity to volunteer at a couple races and, you know, hats off to the people who do that because they're out there longer than a lot of the runners in most cases yeah. you know, they're manning an aid station or handing out water or, you know, sitting at a place, you know, for hours on end telling runners go that way. Don't go that way. Um, you know, the volunteers are, you know, uh, the more we can verbally thank them as we go by, you know, the more likely they're going to be there next time when there's another race. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: totally agree. Matter of fact, I touched on that in one of the last episodes. It's just, uh, at my, at yeah, my 10 K race a couple of weeks ago, it was just, you know, it was warm. It was sunny. And, and most of the volunteers were just standing out there. They don't have shade. They're just. They're 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 out there for hours and they have the energy to constantly cheer you on. I'm sure a lot of them get hoarse at the end of the. You know, uh, they lose their voices. I'm sure, but yeah, yeah, really amazing people. Absolutely. What was the recovery like? So I I, I didn't know that the, that there was a surgery. What was the recovery like in terms of running and in terms of getting back into your 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 routine a little bit after that?
1: Um, you know it was it was something where I was um, you know literally on the morning of the race, mm. instead of running through the mountains of Virginia, I was pushing my IV cart around the fifth floor of the hospital wing, oh. and I was uh, you know they the nurses were great and told me, you know the more you walk and the more you you know sit up and, and don't lie down the faster you're going to heal. And so I was up every, I think I was up every hour or hour and a half and I would just, you know, unplug and walk. And I was doing, um, by the time I left the hospital, I think I was doing about eight to 10,000 steps a day. Wow. Um, and so I was banned from anything other than walking Mm. or, two-ish weeks actually no it was longer than that um, probably four weeks and so i i constantly walked around my neighborhood and i you know that's not gonna build me up to be a runner but it was it was helping me heal yep. so i was yep. a- able to you know walk um three or four times a day get my steps in and you know when i showed up um Back yet? There was a six-week checkup um, where I was cleared for, you know, getting back to light jogging and that kind of thing. And those first couple of uh, jogs around the neighborhood were slow and steady. You know, it was keeping that big picture in mind, and it was, you know, it it was not fun at all going <laughs> at a speed that was barely faster than a walk. The first couple of times, but it's a process and I just had to embrace the process and know that I didn't want to push it too much because, you know, those stitches. Weren't guaranteed to hold if I went too fast or, you know, push myself. Um, So being able to, you know, keep that in mind and just see my progress every day where, you know, in in. A matter of weeks, I was able to see that pace per mile improve not to where I was, but I could see myself gradually getting faster. And then, um, I was cleared actually on July 9th. That's when I could start doing that, uh, slow jogging. And then I was able to do a race, a trail race in early August. So it was a fairly quick build, but that, that half marathon trail race was my longest run since the surgery and i was just able to build myself up toward that um and and finish that and and you know did decently and that was um you know my goal for the end of um last year was uh, the chicago marathon and then a 50 miler on december 1st so you know in that recovery time that's what i was thinking about was yeah, it sucks to be going around my neighborhood, you know, barely faster than a walk. But if I don't do this now, there's no way I'm going to get through a 50-mile race in four months. Wow, that sounds intense and
0: just, just amazing that, you know, after really such a little time, you were able to complete something like, like a half-marathon trail race That's uh That's 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 amazing. Uh, I mean, I know I say that word a lot. Everybody knows I use that word amazing a lot. But that is amazing. So rock on. Now, this next one, you actually already answered what I want to talk about. You've already answered for this one. But for those of those of whom who haven't heard this listener episode from a from a couple months ago, Henry Howard. What would you attempt if you knew you could not fail?
1: <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a great question, and I, I really like this episode. Um, I took a different approach to it, to the answer, by saying that, you know, not knowing if we're going to succeed or fail is part of the challenge and part of the beauty, especially when it comes to endurance Running or other endurance events so i don't I don't think I would want to know that I had no um, it, or i don't think I would want to know if I had a hundred percent guarantee of finishing something. I think that it means more crossing that finish line or setting that PR or qualifying for Boston or whatever it is i think I think there's beauty in the journey. Mm. and if there's a guarantee it loses a little luster yeah that said I really did like the woman's answer about being able to fly when you had that episode that was actually like a really awesome answer so
0: (laughs) that that would have to be yeah I I, that that ranks up there with me as well that'd be cool yeah (laughs) yeah well that I I I love uh, you know as as you already know I love your answer I think an answer like that really changes the game because it does, it does make things more for me anyway. And for a lot of people that I know, it makes things really exciting, not knowing if you're going to get there. And if you don't get there, I I think that one of the things that you had talked about was, was a race that you had done where, where people did DNF and, and hopefully if they did fail, if they did quote unquote fail, they would learn something about themselves what they need to do moving forward or maybe take a look at what they had done leading up to that point. So whether you fail or 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 succeed, there's always a lesson to be learned. And sometimes a bigger lesson can be learned. I'd say 100 percent of the time, a bigger lesson can be learned from the failure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, thanks for that answer. That's awesome. So now just one more time, where can people go to learn about you a little bit about you and what you're doing?
1: Sure. So the website is www.runspirited.com, and people can follow me. Uh, They can certainly friend me on Facebook. That's totally fine. Um, And my Twitter and Instagram ones, uh, which are filled with running and other things, um, inspirational stories about some of the, the runners I interview, You can find that on the website, on the Facebook page. And I put those out on my Twitter and Instagram feeds, which are also my full name at Henry Howard. Or you can also visit uh, Run Spirited on both of those accounts. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. And it didn't cut out at all during that time. So we got all of it. (laughs) Very nice. All right, Henry. Well, look, thank you so much for being on the show I really really enjoyed talking to you and and I hope everybody listens and enjoys hearing about your journey
1: well thank you so much Andrew it was my pleasure to be on and I look forward to uh following your journey and others who are in your um, in your Facebook group and following along on your on your podcast so um I look forward to uh seeing you hit that 240
0: yes sir So I want to thank you, Henry Howard, again so much for being on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. I hope everybody at home can really listen to that story and come away with some inspirational things to help them keep going. Before I wrap up, I want to remind everybody to make sure that you send in your reasons why and a little bit more about the stories of the journeys that you're on. This way I can feature them in the special edition Canberra Marathon episode in April. So I'm really looking forward to receiving those and learning a little bit more about your journeys as well. And also to please make sure that you subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or whichever platform that you listen to the podcast on. Because the more positive reviews the podcast has, the more audience will be able to reach. I also want to thank this episode's sponsor, Audible. For the listeners of the Breaking the Barrier podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Now, obviously, Henry and I spoke a little bit about injury today. So one of the books that I'd like to recommend that I think would be a great addition to any library and what better way to use your free audiobook download on is a book called Run for Your Life. It's by Mark Kukuzela, and it features stories and information on how to run, walk, and move without pain or injury and achieve a sense of well-being and joy. So it is available on Audible. Again, that's Run for Your Life by Mark Cucuzella. So again, to claim that free audiobook and free 30-day trial, visit audibletrial.com forward slash breakingthebarrier. So to rehash a little bit about what Henry and I were talking about, there's a few things that I came away from. I mean, first of all, the guy's come from a place where he's a non-runner to a place where he was DNSing a race because of injury, all the way to now where he's accomplishing so many things. He's a podium finisher. He's got a lot of credentials behind him, and he's a big believer in you against you. So personally, I believe that that you against you mentality can lead you to a big success. Your biggest opponent always is going to be you because there's not much else that you can control. So if you just worry about you, you'll be able to go as far as you want. Of course, yes, having that race mentality can be fun. But remember, it's about you. You're the key to your success. You want to make sure that you're not sweating the small stuff on any journey. Don't worry about the small stuff that comes up. I mean, in the bigger picture, just remember that one day or that even one week out of all of that time is not gonna make or break your journey. And to make sure that you keep your journey exciting and fresh, make sure, as Henry Howard put it, have those goal lines that you continuously move forward. Always give yourself milestones. Always have something to achieve and to look forward to. So I know I got so much out of that interview with Henry, and I really hope that you got the same amount that I did. What an inspiration, and I'm so thankful that I was able to talk to him on the podcast. So that's going to conclude today's episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where I hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.